Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Bluff City Church, Memphis, Tennessee. One of my favorite TV series over the last few years is NBC's The Good Place. It's a show that I think only went like four seasons, but it was a complete story, and it was good the entire time. There was great dialogue, it was funny, it was smart, and it follows the story of Anna of Arendelle. Nobody? Okay, man, that was, I had that one planned for weeks, guys. Uh, Kristen Bell, uh, who is recently deceased, and she wakes up in the good place, which is a version of heaven, and there's the angel Michael, played by uh, Sam from Cheers, Ted Danson, that went way back for you, Patrick, uh, played for, by Ted Danson, who tells her, you are in the good place, that there is this perfect mathematical formula that tallies all the good you did in life and all the bad you did in life, and it is undeniable that you, Eleanor, were one of the top people and you made it into the good place. And so he begins to show her clips from her life about the things that she did, the altruistic acts, the acts of service, doing work for refugees and immigrants. And he says, you scored enough points. You belong Only the problem is, you learn a few minutes later that none of those clips were from her life. They were somebody else's life, someone also named Eleanor Shellstrop, and it turns out that there has been a confusion and that she, this Eleanor, is in the good place by mistake. She, in fact, did not score enough points to be in heaven. In fact, she doesn't belong there at all. Now, she can't tell Michael this because as soon as she tells the angel Michael that she doesn't belong, that those were not, in fact, memories from her life, she is going to be sent to the bad place. So she tells the man who was told to her by Michael is her soulmate. She tells him, listen, Chidi, uh, those are not my memories, I don't belong here. I was actually not a great person. And he says to her, well, how bad were you? And she says, listen, I might not have been a saint, but it's not like I killed anybody. I wasn't an arsonist. I never found a wallet outside an IHOP and thought about returning it, but saw the owner lived out of state, so just took the cash and dropped the wallet back on the ground. And he says, yeah, that was oddly specific. It definitely makes me think you did do that. And it turns out like that's a pretty good indicator of how she lived most of her life as the show goes on. And you get flashbacks into her life that she, in fact, was a moral trash can. And she doesn't belong. But she doesn't want to go to the bad place. And so she asked Chidi to help her. Well, it turns out that Chidi was a moral philosopher in his life. And so his way of helping her is he is going to teach her all about ethics. 
He is going to take her back through thousands of years of the traditions of ethics and teach her how to be a good person so that she can try to earn enough points and try to become a good person who belongs in a good place. It is this idea of a point system that gets you in heaven that really irritated a lot of Christian people. I, I think it's a pretty fantastic idea when you see how the story spreads throughout the entire storyline. But it irritated a lot of Christian people whenever it first came out because, theoretically, we don't have a point system, right? Theoretically, we say, listen, things were so bad for each of us that we were so far in the hole of points that Jesus died for us and resurrected for us so that we could have grace and become good people who belong in a good place just because God is gracious. That's the story we tell. But it's not actually the story we live, is it? The story we live, okay, technically we don't have a point system. But we've got a checklist, right? Listen, if you have been around Christian people like ever, you will literally hear from people, well, you get, God loves you for free. God loves you. But by the way, you should modify your behavior so that you look like me and you act like me and you believe like me because only people like me are going to go to heaven. So on the one hand, like we tell the story of free grace, and on the other hand, we put this moral checklist in people in front of people. And like, let's be honest about the moral checklist. It's got numbers next to each thing. So it's not technically like a mathematical formula, but like really, like if you're a missionary, you get positive points. And if you vote Democrat, you get negative points, right? Like that's how people think. If you've been around Christians, that's how we operate. So we don't have a point system, but we definitely got a numerical checklist. And it is to this, it is this kind of people that Paul has in mind when he sits down and he writes the letter to the Corinthians. And what he is trying to do is he is trying to break down, he is trying to deconstruct, he is trying to pick apart their point system or their checklist, and he's trying to show them why it actually doesn't work. You see, in Corinth, there were a group of fairly wealthy, privileged Christians. And they had read all of the moral philosophers. They had read at the time, they would have known of Aristotle, they would have known of Plato, they would have known about the images that the Greeks brought to the good life because they were, after all, Greek. These ideas of what it means to be good and to score positive points would have been permeated in their culture. And so Paul is writing this letter to them. And he says, we, of course, have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on spiritual ground. But it's not popular wisdom. It's not the wisdom you're familiar with. It's not the philosophy and the ethics that you think you know. 
It is not the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts who will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of his purposes. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message, but more like the oldest. What God has determined as the way to bring out his best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't a clue about what this eternal plan is. Catch this. They don't have a clue about what this eternal plan is. If they had, they wouldn't have killed the master of the God-designed life on the cross. So, so, So this is what he's saying. He's saying the people in your society whether religious or philosophical or just uh, celebrities and influencers, the people that put before you what the good life is, that tell you what the point system is so that you can belong, these people don't have a flipping clue. He says they all miss it because they crucified the one who gives real life. And the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus are the wisdom of God in this world. This is why they missed it. Because nobody would look at the cross of Jesus... The scars and the wounds and the blood, no one would even look at the resurrection with the remaining scars of a dead man who's still in grave clothing and look at that story and say, that is wisdom. That is good. That is the story around which we should orient our lives Nobody would look at the story. Why? Because we tell ourselves different stories about what it would mean to belong. To the rulers of this world, you have to submit to me to belong to me. And insofar as the Christian church has aligned itself with power, that's what we communicate too. You have to submit to the church to belong. To the politicians of the world, you have to vote for me to belong to me. And insofar as the church has aligned itself with political power, we get the same message. you got to vote just like the church in order to belong. To the wealthy of the world, you have to buy and consume like me to belong to me. And insofar as the church has given itself over to wealth and the love of money, we communicate the same message can't upset the wealthy people. They pay the bills. And Paul comes with this message that says the wisdom of God that changes the world and actually helps us belong looks like a cross and a resurrection. Something none of us would have ever looked for. Here's what I find really interesting about the good place. Oh, and I must have not added my last slide. That's okay. Here's what I find really interesting about the good place. As the story goes on, 
Chidi is teaching Eleanor moral philosophy so that she can gain points, so that she can become a good person, so that she can belong. But the great thing about the show is that by the end of the story, she realizes the point system doesn't matter. She actually becomes a better person because she first not learns moral philosophy. She becomes a better person because she belongs to a community of love and accountability who are mutually with her striving to love each other. The point system doesn't make sense to us within the story of the cross and resurrection, because what happens at the cross is God says to the world, you may not believe and you may not behave, but you belong to me. Resurrection is not just a cool event that happened 2,000 years ago that you and I are supposed to intellectually assent to. Resurrection is the beginning of a new world where God says, what I have done with Jesus' body, that is raising it from the dead and healing it, I will do for all of creation. The objective is not to go to a good place at the end of our life. The objective is not even to go to heaven at the end of our life. The objective is to right now participate with God in the restoring of all creation that began on the day Jesus resurrected. Do you see, this is a completely different story. I'm not trying to earn my way to anything. And that means in all of my imperfections and all of the ways I get it wrong and all of the ways that I don't see or understand God's work in the world, I am still accepted just as I am right here. Can you imagine how that would change the world if Christians actually believed that? Like just imagine how it changes your work life. I don't have to climb a corporate ladder in order to convince everybody that I belong. I don't have to make more money in, in order to prove to everybody that I belong and I can keep up. I can serve. I don't have to criticize other people and I don't have to criticize myself for not doing it right or them not doing it right because at the end of the day, what makes them belong to me is not that they do it right. They belong to me because the story of the resurrection says is God's way of saying all the people who didn't get all enough points, all the people who get it wrong, all the people who mess up, those are my people. And see, this is not a moral free-for-all from here, right? Like, you could, look, you could say, okay, in the good system, she belongs before she believes and before she behaves and before she earns enough points. She belongs, and so, well, if we just belong, then we just, like, do whatever I want. we want. But that's not how this works. When you become a part of a community that is mutually loving and mutually working with God to transform the world... 
you can't help but become the kind of person God made you to be. And that means both that you are aware of your weaknesses and your failures, but also those things do not hinder you because you know you are loved and accepted anyway. We're about to do a baptism. And this is what I love about doing infant baptisms. That child talking right there, that child belongs to us. The child that's about to be, be baptized belongs to us, even though they never have believed. They can't confess the Apostles' Creed with us. I'm sure they know their baby doesn't behave. But the baby still belongs. When we baptize an infant, it's not just nostalgia. It's us saying to this child, we know you don't believe and we know you don't behave and you belong to us anyway and you will always belong to us whether you believe or behave at all. We commit ourselves to you. But we commit ourselves to being a people and a community of love and grace and forgiveness and accountability so that as these children grow up, they know I don't have to behave to belong and I don't have to believe to belong, but I definitely want to do both because these people are showing me what life and love really is.